Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the very happy, the daddy-o, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 1881. Yes, you can see what we did there. It should be sequentially 181, but as a special one-off, this will be episode 1881, and wow... What a weekend we've all had. Still getting over it now, to be honest. Mm. I think this week uh, we've got a really good update from the Trust for you. Uh, we reviewed the Braintree game, although probably a forgettable game, um, but it was more about the occasion. The Starman Awards, we were busy chatting to people, and we've got a number of interviews, people that have never been on the podcast yes. before, um, to play you throughout this show. So uh, I guess let's not ramble on anymore um, and crack on. Okay, so no supporters club update this week, but as mentioned previously, throughout the year, well done to the Leighton Orient Supports Club on an absolutely another fantastic season of work. And also congratulations to Lee and Natasha on their fantastic news as they're expecting their very own little O in August. Congratulations. So congratulations guys, fantastic. Very much so. So as I mentioned a moment ago, we've got a brilliant trust update for you uh, this week. They said on the twen- uh, Tuesday the 23rd of April, the latest stadium tour took place and attendees were pleased to visit all the usually restricted areas, including the Kent Teague balcony. I didn't know it had a, a name. Newly christened. Yeah, I believe so. However, most smiles were forthcoming when Jamie Turley and James Brophy were waiting for the group in the home changing room to chat, sign autographs and have photos taken. Thanks also go to apprentice groundsman Taylor Sanders, who was on hand to talk about all things regarding the season's awesome pitch. Yeah, amazing. Then on Thursday the 25th, the Trust hosted 20 girls from St Joseph's after school club in the Fans for Diversity Hub and were joined by Ella Mellowcroft and Susan Fagbohan for the Orient women's team. This was part of the Premier League Primary Stars project which is to inspire and motivate girls into taking part in sports. And the players spoke about their early playing days, their progress into football and the barriers they faced, but also mentioned that with the current growth of women's football, it could also make a good career choice. So not just the men making the appearance, ladies players as well. Very good. Very good, yeah. The Trust were pleased to present the award for the 2018-19 Player in the Community Award, spoiler alert, to Charlie (laughs) Lee. Charlie has represented the club at numerous school and communal visits, but has also uh, supported local food bank Eat or Heat and has been our Alzheimer's Society and Dementia Friends ambassador for the past two seasons. And he finishes off by saying the Trust would also like to publicly congratulate the club on their return to the Football League. and They look forward to continuing with them on the exciting onward journey. So, uh, so great work there from the trust as superb, always. Superb, superb. Thank you for sending us your update. And we normally mention this at the end of the podcast, but we're going to flip it and do it at the beginning as well. So if you bought a family member or friend along to Brisbane Road on Saturday, or if you're taking anyone to Wembley, make sure you pass on the pod. You've only just started listening to this episode. So why remember, text your friend, text your relative, give them a call and say, get listening to the Orient Outlook Especially podcast. Especially this one. The promotion party. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone in particular stand out that's passed the pod? Oh, very good. Very happy you said that, Mr Levy. Well done to Timmy Patton, who's introduced his daughter, Mia Patton, a new O's fan to the pod, and she loves it. So, Mia, 
Thank you for listening, and we're glad you're enjoying the podcast. And well welcome. done, Mr. Levy. Thank you very much indeed. It's what I do. Tuesday, <laughs> the 23rd of April, then, we'll do the week that was. Happy St. George's Day to everybody. And also, Josh Coulson was named in the official National League team for Easter Monday following his performance against Solly Holmore. So, well done, Josh. Yeah, absolutely fantastic work there from Josh. And later in the day, BT Sport officially announced they will be televising our final game of the season at home to Braintree. Standard. Standard. We knew it was yeah. coming, but it was confirmed then, so we knew to make way. That wasn't the end of the day, was it, Mr It Lee? really wasn't, because I saw a brilliant tweet <laughs> on uh, on Twitter, actually, and I just really wanted to read it. I thought it was really spot on. It's from at Veggie Jones, and uh, Veggie Jones said, hasn't been said enough over the course of this brilliant season, but hasn't Martin Ling proved to be an excellent choice as director of football? Maligned when things aren't going well, and overlooked when they are. He's had a massive impact on this record-breaking season. And actually, do you know what? Martin Ling, take a bow from me because I think that's absolutely spot on. I don't think that's the last of the plaudits you'll hear for Martin Ling no, in this podcast. absolutely not. So that was a tweet that came into Orient Outlook? Uh, no, it's just one that I found oh. that I thought was really appropriate. Okay. All right. And to finish the day off, late in the evening, James Dayton himself tweeted by saying his operation was a success. Right to recovery starts now. And then finished it with an emoticon saying, reckon I'll be fine for Saturday. So, Mr. Dayton, we wish you a speedy recovery and hope all is going well. Absolutely. To Huawei Wednesday, then the 24th of April. Quiet day as the club urged supporters unable to make the upcoming home game against Braintree on Saturday to pass on their tickets due to the huge demand for them. I have to say, I was still getting messages from people on Friday saying, do you know anyone with a spare ticket? Never known anything like it. I had people at work coming up to me asking me for tickets. Really? Yeah. Bizarre. That's amazing. Yeah, and Davey D messaged me on Friday asking for tickets. Did so he? many people going straight to us for tickets, but on social media, people have been on the Facebook group and on Twitter for the last three or four weeks trying to get tickets. Like There's, always wrong There's always a few wrong ones out there. There's a few dodgy accounts out there. So you do have to be careful when you're buying tickets from uh, unknown sources. It's all better off going through the club or Absolutely. from people that you know and trust. So Thursday, the 25th of April, and the club announced, as well as being shown live on BT Sport, the upcoming home game versus Brainsy would also be live streamed to international viewers for four ninety nine. So well done to all involved for sorting that out. So normally when a game's on BT Sport, they don't do the international stream because they can't get the rights or something along to that. The BT effect. BT don't let them do it. I don't know why. BT don't have the internet. There is no international yeah. rights, but they just don't let them broadcast it. So well done to everyone for getting that sorted out. We wouldn't want all fans alone yeah. not being able to see it because it was just on BT Sport. So, Mooney Friday, then the 26th of April, at 1 o'clock, the club held its shareholders at AGM. Yeah, so we obviously aren't shareholders, although we would love to be. Maybe one day that could happen, so we couldn't attend. But in our first interview of the evening, we caught up with later on CEO at the Starman, and here he is talking about the main points and other things uh, from the AGM. So here is Danny Macklin. Danny, thanks very much for joining us. Um, the AGM happened on Friday, and obviously only shareholders are able to attend that. So I guess for those that weren't able to attend, what can you share from that meeting? What what happened? What, what's been discussed? Yeah, first and foremost, it was a great attendance from the shareholders. Uh, it's probably difficult to gauge in, in the room, but probably had 70 or 80 there, along with absolutely a, a full board, uh, myself and Martin as well. Uh, it was an opportunity for us to share some messages really uh, we were obviously reflecting on the previous financial year which ended uh, 30th of June 2018 
uh, so ne nearly coming up to a year ago. So those financial figures obviously reflect first you know, periods we like say in the, uh, outside the football league, uh, and it painted a picture that you know is something that we need to be able to improve upon. Uh, painted a, a loss that we need to make sure we can reduce year on year. Uh, Are you going to say what the loss was? Yeah, the loss is uh, 2.3 million. Uh, the financial year that we're in at the moment, Wembley slightly clouds clouds it, but we'll be there or thereabouts with a 2 million loss. Uh, but that would have been slightly higher with uh, without the Wembley trip in terms of the trophy and the trophy run, as well as you know, run-ins like yesterday's games, obviously, of uh, yeah, great attendance numbers and good incomes. So that shows us a few things. One, the level of investment that this board has made, uh, and obviously it's been rewarded uh, this weekend with the success we've had but yeah let's not be around the bush that is a huge investment this board have made over a, over a relatively short period of time and uh, yeah they'll be reflecting on that with you know a very worthwhile investment but we need to look at ways that absolutely everyone whether the, the clean or you're me and justin and martin of how we can try and reduce that loss uh, we, we talk about it not because it's uh we're trying to bore people with it, but we need to build a sustainable club. Uh, the backing that Nigel Kent and the rest of the board have given us is, is phenomenal. But I want to be able to look, Martin and everyone else that's connected with the club, uh, Nigel and Kent, absolutely everyone, and say, right, we're doing everything we can to build a successful, sustainable club. There's those two S's that are absolutely key. And to do that, we've got a huge amount of work to continue to do. It's work in progress, and we're definitely getting there in terms of our income growth massively massively helped with promotion uh, it's it's worth nigh on a million pound in terms of the additional income that you generate automatically that you get through the EFL rather than the National League plus the secondary additional spends of our know, hope to think that we get additional season tickets additional commercial income absolutely everything follows on from that and uh, yeah it's, it's probably bordering over a million pound that that could be a difference so that will greatly help but that's just one part of the jigsaw that we can do we want to be able to build a club where we're breaking even or getting very close to it year after year so there's going to be a number of things that we want to try and do continued growth in attendances continued commercial income non-match day soccer camps streaming college programs etc etc all those elements come together so that we can try and get that loss down that bit further and you know to re-stress every penny that we are trying to make is reinvested and given to the right people justin and martin look what they do with it uh, we want to make sure that we're improving the facilities as much as we can and that the experience of coming to the Brown Group Stadium is absolutely first class and we can have more days like we enjoyed yesterday. And I guess as we've got you, so from, from an AGM perspective, but as a as a CEO, uh, what can we look forward to that's different from last season to next season? I guess maybe in terms of experiences or commercial aspects that you can discuss with us. Yeah, I think we're, for the next two or three weeks, we're focused on that one thing of Wembley. Uh, we can now look forward to that with absolute uh, excitement, every single person connected with the club. It's great to go there as champions. Uh, it's something that the players deserve. That walkout is going to be really special. You can see my smile on my face as I talk about it. We're all absolutely excited. Whatever your role is in the club, it's going to be one of those days that savour. And boy, that'll be good to see Joby walk up those steps and, and do the double. It's what the squad deserves. It's what every fan deserves. And it will be an absolute magical moment. And we can put the 2018-19 squad up there with these you know, previous teams of, of 78, 88, 89 and it's going to be right up there um, and it in some ways might eclipse some of those uh, it is, it's going to be a special moment I hope and uh, either way we can look back on this as being a memorable season and I think from a personal point of view for you I think I saw you wrote on LinkedIn 
that it had been your dream to be a CEO of a football league club. And yesterday, we achieved that. So from a personal point of view, you must be absolutely delighted that you've achieved what you set out to. Yeah, I graduated to Orgo nearly 20 years ago, uh, and then my dissertation was on marketing in football uh, to clubs nearby, but not late nor, and I wish I'd studied on that. But that was my objective I set myself, was to, by, by the age of 40, to have uh, been a CEO of a football league club, and I've got that in writing. And... Uh, now done that, but this is yeah, this is the effort of the boys absolutely on on the pitch and the boys and girls off it. It's phenomenal achievement. But do we rest on our laurels and just go? We're back in the football league now. Want to yeah, do the best we can next season and uh, you know you look at the number of teams that have, have gone up and have competed in League Two. Those those scenes yesterday, as Nigel and Kenneth alluded to tonight, the sold out gala dinner. There are. A number of things that we, we want to make sure that we do, so that those days we don't have to wait another 49 years for. And it's uh, it's a great achievement for everyone. We can all pat ourselves on the backs, but uh, you know, come pre-season we dust ourselves down and you know, enjoy playing in, in League Two. There'll be teams that won't want to come to the to the Braybrook Stadium, and uh, yeah, I think we'll be a force to be reckoned with. Well, from us as a podcast, to thank you as the CEO of a national, ex-national league club, now football league club. Thank you for everything you've done for us. We appreciate and look forward to next season. Thanks for everyone's support. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Danny Macklin there speaking to us at the Starman and lots more interviews coming up. And thank you to Danny for making the time on a busy Sunday evening for that. So, Danny, we appreciate Quite it. Quite late in the evening as well. Yeah, it's about a half eleven interview, so thank you for that, Mr. Macklin. Absolutely. Just after four o'clock, uh, a small amount of tickets went on sale at, uh, in the East End for the massive upcoming game at home to Braintree Town. They sold out within minutes. Must be what it's like. Hot, hot ticket. Yeah, absolutely. The tickets have for the weekend. Yeah. So if you got one, you were very lucky at that point. And to end the day, the club put out a statement reminding supporters to refrain from encroaching on the playing surface prior, during or after. Good luck with that. The forthcoming match, which leads us on beautifully to the day that most of us, well, all of us, will remember for the rest of our lives, Saturday, the 27th of April. Yeah, the main event already relegated Braintree Town at home in what was hopefully our last ever game in the National League. And on the Thursday before the game, we ran a 24-hour Twitter poll asking you to give your vote on how the O's would get on. And after 350 votes, which is probably up there as one of the highest we've had, yeah, not bad. in 24 hours, 75% of us thought we'd win, 10% thought we'd lose. What a cynical bunch. Um, that means 35 people thought we'd lose that. And then 15% yeah. thought we would draw. Uh, so thank you to everybody who voted for that. Um, and the team lined up as follows. Yeah, so at half past 11, the team was announced with this one kicking off at half 12, 12 so very yeah. early doors. And I did hear that a friend, who I won't name on the podcast, thought it was a three o'clock kickoff on the Saturday morning and was in a meeting and had to be called out of his meeting to get to the ground. I will share that one with you later. No way. Yeah, so the keeper. <laughs> Is it someone who sits near us? No, no. Okay. Uh, Dean Brill in car back. Defence of Jamie Turley, Marvin Experts, <laughs> Josh Coulson, Dan Happy, Joe Willowson, midfielder Joby McEnough, Craig Clay, James Brophy, and up front, Josh Caroma and McCauley Bond. He was in a mortgage meeting with his wife as well, had to be called out. Really? Subs, yeah, Sam Sargent, Charlie Lee, JMD, Matt Harold, and Jay Simpson. <clears throat> Starting 11, unchanged. Subs bench, unchanged from the Solid Hall Moors match. 
No surprises there, no. as you would expect. Justin's been consistent all season about keeping the, the, the same squads as much as he can. Yeah. And if a player gets injured or suspended, just having someone that can come in and keep that shape. So, yeah, absolutely. So the match strong kick- squad, I would say, and plenty of attacking options. Things if weren't going our way, you can bring on Harold. And if we would have needed that extra firepower You've got as well. JMD, Harold and Simpson. Absolutely. And if you needed shoring up, you'd bring on yeah. Lee. So Sit very simple. happy with that. Lee yeah. and Harold to get the ball forwards and to stop yeah so the match kicked off at a heaving Brisbane Road which was absolutely buzzing and we must say thanks to Energy Bet for their hospitality um, they very kindly uh, allowed us to use a couple of their tickets very very nice uh, up there it is in the Legends Lounge uh, that we were in Yeah. with the O's needing just a point to ensure promotion or Salford needing to win and us to lose and a five goal swing against us to regain top spot that could have been us losing 3-0 and then winning 3-0 that could have been as simple as that imagine if Braintree had beaten us 3-0 <laughs> imagine having to record the podcast if that did happen imagine the star man awards <laughs> but before we come on to the star man and before we come on to the match uh, we got an opportunity to speak to energy with 2K manager Russell Yershon on Sunday night about all the progress they've made with the club over the last couple of years and their fan engagements here's what Russell Yershon had to say Russ, lovely to have you back. Energy Bet, fantastic season for Leighton Oil in conjunction with Energy Bet. Yeah, look, it's been absolutely superb. Our third year of partnership and to culminate uh, with Leighton Oil winning the National League is fabulous. Um, and as we've spoken many times this season, we've had some great offers for fans um, to deposit and bet and then win a, win a shirt. I mean, hospitality with us, like you boys had at the final game, it's what it's about for us, to give the fans something um, extra rather than the normal seats, have them up in the balcony, to have a meal is fantastic. And now all roads lead to Wembley uh, and we'll be looking to release um, our sign-up offer and special match odds well in time for fans to enjoy it um, and then have a bit on the final. And those are great activities, like you said, like crossbar challenge, get fans involved, and that's what Energy Bet do, and that's what you'll be looking to do next season. Yeah, the crossbar challenge has been great. I think over the last couple of years, I think we've done six or seven. I know the fans love it. Like, they can't come on the pitch at half time and, uh, and, and play, so for them to have a go at the crossbar challenge uh, is fantastic. And the fans behind the goal enjoyed it and egged the, the fans that are on the pitch on. It's been great. And I said, look, we're in talks about renewing for next year, now letting Orient back in the League Two. Uh, and hopefully we can agree something and be a better partner again for next year. But again, you boys have been great. Uh, and it's been great to partner with Leighton Orient. Really fantastic. And one of the offers that you did was a sign up and get a shirt free. Were you surprised by the amount of people that took up that offer? Uh, no. I, again, one thing that we have with working with Danny and Josh uh, in the commercial team is we have a great set of inventory. And I don't want to keep it in my uh, uh, in my locker. I want to give it to loyal fans like yourselves and the other guys that have been able to invest and have a, have a small bet and able to redeem the shirt and in, redeem tickets and hospitality. It's what it's about. We're there to give the fans something uh, and it's been well, it's been well received. Exactly. Russ, thank you very much. We look forward to a continuing partnership. Thank you. Pleasure, boys. So that was Russell Yersh and Russell, always a pleasure. And thank you for giving us an interview again. That was a very late one on a Sunday as we were literally calambering people down. He, yeah, night. that's the point in the evening where the sort of formalities had finished and people were shooting off. It was about half ten, <coughs> caught to eleven. So that's why it was very noisy because we were outside as we'd caught Russ, and that's why there was a lot of noise in the background. So apologies uh, for that. I don't think there was any swearing in that. I think we were absolutely fine. So um, yeah. So back to then the main match. So here we go. So prior to the game, I was feeling a little nervous. Was you? Before I got into the stadium, I was nervous. When I got into the stadium, I was fine. You? 
Do you know what? I, I, I've said this to a couple of people on, uh, on Sunday night. I'd gone through all the different permutations in my head and I thought about, well, what if this and what if that? And for me, I think 80% of the outcomes were in our favour. So for me, it'd have to be a huge mess up yeah. on our part to actually let it be in that position. You know what I mean? Yeah. So from our perspective, I had, I thought, you know, Hartlepool weren't just going to roll over um, for Solihull. And I didn't, I didn't think that uh, Salford would necessarily turn over um, Hartlepool. Hart, um, not Hartlepool. Um, yeah, Salford Hartlepool. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't think that Hartlepool were gonna, were gonna get, were gonna get turned up. Didn't expect the result to be what it was. So for me, in my head, the game was really just a formality, and I didn't know what to expect after the game had finished. Like yeah. I knew there'd be the trophy, but I didn't think how that would be. The club had said, don't go on the pitch, but that's like a red rag to a ball that. If you can't tell 8,000 people that you can't go on the pitch, they're going to go on the pitch. Absolutely. Well, I so think I you would have thought... got the pitch invasion anyway, because it was like it was coming full circle, wasn't it? Right. What happened two years ago. Yeah, precisely. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a weird day for me. Uh, right. A bit of a weird sort of start. And it was so early as well. Yeah, I left home did, uh... at like quarter to 11 to go to a football match. I don't usually leave till quarter past one. So let's, quarter past yeah. two, sorry, you know? So it's, it's just sort of every, the usual routines are all out of sorts. So let's talk about the match. So okay. thank you to George Sessions for allowing us to use his tweets for match coverage. I mean, we were there, but it feels like a massive blur. Everything before yeah, the full-time whistle feels like a blur. And Absolutely. even stuff after the full-time whistle feels like a blur. Yeah. Um, not so a, it's great that people like George and obviously the club yeah. live tweet during the game, because otherwise we'd be stuffed. So this first half isn't going to be much to talk about, in all honesty. In the second minute, though, not at the Brogham Stadium in Hartlepool, Salford took an early lead against Hartlepool and were one up. So any fans who were nervous would have been slightly more nervous by the fact that Hartlepool were behind after yeah. just two minutes. But after I don't two think minutes, it really affected the crowd. Like it wasn't... No. There weren't reverberations going around the ground saying Salford oh, are one up. Oh, oh, so yeah. you didn't get that. Um, but I thought we started the game quite well. I thought we moved the ball well. Great atmosphere. As yeah. you would expect for a game of this magnitude, yeah. ground felt really busy. There weren't many empty seats. There were a few, but there weren't many. Yeah. Um, so at this point, you're thinking, let's see what happens. But we started well. Braintree looked quite organised, a bit yeah. better than what I thought it'd be. To be fair to them, early doors. Agree. Couldn't find the early goal. First fifteen minutes, not much to talk about. We played well. Their keeper didn't really have to make any saves. We had a few corners. Nor did Dean Brill. But nothing really came out of the corners. But at that point, you know, we all knew a point would be good enough. We all probably would have settled for a nil at that point. Absolutely. Uh, 21 minutes on the clock then. Macaulay Bond sent Joe Widdison away, but he get caught. He got caught in two minds and a fine tackle halted his run with Killip grabbing the loose ball. So I mean, icing on the cake for Joe Widdison to score. I think one of yeah. the only outfit players, players this season not to score yeah. a goal. But fast forward in to the 37th minute, so not much goal action to talk about at all. And Joby McEnough cuts inside brilliantly and curls a shot towards goal, but it's blocked by Lyons Foster. Some suggestion it was with his hand. There was a slight penalty appeal, but nothing that you knew was going to be given. It's yeah. pretty evident it was ball to hand more than hand yeah. to ball. And the ball went out for a corner, which came in, and it was punched clear. A minute of stoppage time is played out, and the half-time whistle goes with the game at nil-nil, which will do just fine for us, irrespective now of what Salford do. They can yeah. score 10, still wouldn't matter with our one point that would put us a point clear. So in at half-time, nil-nil, and a brilliant tweet from George Sessions uh, that said, it's all going to plan so far, I would say. O's have the point they need, and Salford are only one goal up. Let's hope it's not a nervy second half. And I thought we really do dominated heavily with the possession. Yeah. 
uh, stats there, but didn't really create any clear-cut chances. I thought Braintree defended pretty well, actually, quite solid. They had 11 behind the ball. Yeah. Uh, hard to break down, hard to find those pockets that Ross spoke about when he was last on, and finding those pockets and trying to move their players out of position. Neither keeper having a save to make before several corners, one free kicks, as did Braintree. But that's about it. Yeah, I'm thinking, are the players nervous? Are we playing not to lose? I didn't think they looked nervous, but a few people indicated that they thought they were nervous. I thought they looked fine, to be honest. I think if we would have scored in the first 10 minutes, I think it, we could have, we would have absolutely spanked them. Right. So I think the atmosphere would have gone off. But saying that, Braintree didn't have any chance. I don't remember Brill having to make one save in the first half. So it was very comfortable. It was really comfortable. Although we didn't look much of a goal for it, neither did they. And that's all we needed. Yeah. which we knew so yeah. yeah not a first half that will live long in the memory either way we had quite a few yeah. tweets that came into at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers so thank you for sending your tweets in Boo Chan JP said half time and it's a horrible game we are a bag of nerves they have set up like every team which is taking something from us this season hoping the team talk and change events with the wind behind us will help that was a good point it was very, very windy very windy out there so not ideal conditions to be playing footy especially against a team like Braintree who yeah. for the most part try and get the ball at the pitch as quick as what they can by the long ball CT Fitzpatrick tweeted in and said my preferred formation for the second half is 11 standing directly in front of the goal trying to distract the, the Braintree players with small talk about the weather and board games yeah so good good tweet that yeah, so elsewhere at this point Dagenham nil nil with Solihull, so Solihull would have needed a massive goal swing to that win was the league. I was trying to think of Dagenham. Okay, yeah. and Salford at this point still one up, but had been sent down to ten man as new Orient legend Matt Green had got himself <laughs> yeah. sent off. So well done to Matt. The check is in the post. So at that, that point, we would win the league as it stands. Yeah, we're forty five minutes away from winning the league, but this is late in Orient. No, I won't say that. It didn't really feel like it though in the turnstiles, no. did it? It didn't. F- it felt less like a normal... I don't know because we was in the East End and maybe not the South End. So maybe we were a bit out of where we normally were. So maybe yeah. a bit out of normality. But it didn't feel like it was only 45 minutes away, even though it was. And obviously the ground's packed yeah. for me anyway. So attendance was announced at an incredible 8,241 with only 171 away fans. So an incredible attendance. And like we said, the place was buzzing. Must have been great for sales and income. Yes, on Saturday, yeah. So we can only probably about a third of their game, home yeah. attendance, by the way. Yeah. So maybe a quarter of their home attendance. Incredible. But yeah, great stuff. So the second half kicked off. Uh, no subs for the O's with just forty-five minutes standing between us and a return to the football league. Yeah. So we've got the second half underway. I'm just shy of the hour mark. James Brophy looks to be through. Attempted to find Josh Karama, but Lions Foster again. He was having a pretty decent game. Makes a good sliding tackle, and then Killip grabs the second cross. On the hour mark, Craig Clay smashed over from outside the area. Fantastic noise inside the stadium. O's fans are alive and maybe they know Hartlepool have equalised against Salford. Yeah, so at this point, Hartlepool just equalised against Salford. And for me, once it was one all, you knew Salford weren't going to win that game. And that's the point where you knew you were going to win it and you could kind of sit back and relax a bit more and count down the clock. Yeah. Even though I think that everyone was still very reserved at this point, people were up and singing, but it wasn't like a euphoric feeling. Still a bit of nerves, wasn't yeah. there? I don't know why, because it was yeah. pretty obvious that it wasn't going to happen, but it wasn't like euphoria that I'm sure we're going to come on to very, very shortly. Yeah. So 60 minutes gone, George went on to tweet almost a perfect 60 seconds, but McCauley Bond has an effort ruled out for offside. I'm not seeing this back, I but it, pretty, I it think, didn't look like he I was offside. Two minutes later, almost a goal for Braintree. As a great cross by Borg comes in for LF Thre- uh, Thereu. 
I don't know if I pronounced that right, but but he won't listen anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but he can't get a strong connection, and Dean Brill made the save. So Braintree's starting to come a bit more into the game, starting to look a bit more dangerous as maybe the nerves are starting to kick in because we're so close to winning the league, and that's a decent chance. And remember, they've only lost one in five. Yeah, so they're coming to us with a good, good run of form. Yeah. In the 71st minute, Joey McEnough was replaced to a standing ovation as Charlie Lee came on for him. And George noted that he looks shattered, but tells the likes of Josh Kramer and others to keep at it. Went on to finish his tweet by saying, what a captain. Yeah, agree. Only Superb captain. Yeah. 73 minutes on the clock, Charlie Lee's long throw is flicked on. Kramer has an effort blocked behind for a corner and Brophy's crosses into the area. Sorry, Brophy crosses into the area, but Lee can only volley over. So we are trying to get that goal. We're not just sitting back and letting oh, no. them have the ball or just sort of passing it around like a training match. Had we, we, had we scored, I mean, the ground, it would have gone, would have gone off gone big time. time. Yeah, it would have just been crazy. Time. Two minutes later, though, it did start going off big time as news was starting to spread around the ground that Hartlepool were now 2-1 up against Salford. And at this point, we were definitely going to win the league there's no ifs or buts at this point you yeah. know we're going to win the league but again that euphoria didn't strike me at this point I'm not going mental in my seat I was just still at this point fairly reserved yeah it was like, right, cool. going to happen yeah so for me I'd already you know it didn't matter what Salford did as long as we controlled what we did yeah which we were it's doing. really weird um, George Sessions another tweet then uh, Leighton Orient fans chant we are going up so we are going up and why shouldn't we the O's are so, so close. Enjoy the final 15 minutes, but we're going to fast forward to the 84th minute. Yeah, as Josh Karoma was replaced by Ginger Pele, apparently. Yeah, he's not messy. To his Pele, yeah, yeah, it's even more of a legend. <laughs> Matt Howell, as he came on, looking to grab another, another late goal. Our final substitution came in the 88th minute as Jordan Maguire, Maguire Drew sorry, replaced James Brophy. Yeah, so two minutes left. And then three minutes of additional time were awarded and news of a third goal for Hartlepool. At this point, people were standing now. And you can see in this point, people starting to mill around <laughs> the areas where you would need to mill Access around points to, the pitch, to yeah. get on the pitch. But at this point, the bench are up now. So you can see all the bench are up. Like Jovi's up. They're all like having a hug and a cuddle. So you knew it was done. At this point, so the bench all up, people starting to leap, not leap, but go over their gates. The stewards are looking very iffy. They started putting them in about 80, 85 minutes. And I thought to myself, there's 8,000 people here. You think 20 stewards are going to stop 8,000 people? So at this point, everyone's getting ready to invite and celebrate and get the party started. I looked at you. Yeah. You looked at me. Yeah. It was we a beautiful d- moment. We don't need to speak any words. We just went down. We just, just got up out of our seats, started walking down the yeah. east end steps, waiting for that full time whistle. And the referee brings the game to an end. A huge roar goes up and Aston internationally comes to an end as the Reds are going up and queue. Quite simply, a huge pitch invasion. Yeah, literally. Literally, the whistle went and people were going on the pitch. So what a moment of euphoria. That's when it hit me, that whistle, and to see everyone bomb onto the pitch. I mean, I don't remember too much about it. I remember the steward opening the gate in front of us. Everyone came to get out. I'm just thinking, I'm just going to bombing it as fast as I can into the centre circle and I ended up being very close to where Josh Kramer was lifted yeah. because there were so many people and Joby. all on a level you would just see these players suddenly just appear like up in the air so Josh appeared um, Joby appeared I let us on TV Marvin was being held up somewhere I good don't, luck I don't to ever got Marvin, Marvin so well done to everyone it was just an amazing moment people hugging each other everyone singing lots of phones out as you would expect Amazing. A lot of footage on our Twitter timeline. Yeah. I had the video. I had that. I had that going. So how were so, you feeling? A bit weird still. 
It's like yeah. this, I knew this was going to happen. Like this, in my head and my heart, I already knew that this was the outcome. I just didn't know what to expect from now until the until I went home. Yeah, it's really odd. I can't really explain it. Like, like I think there was no sort of tears of euphoria for me. Like a lot of people shed tears, and yeah, that's yeah. fine. But for me, it was just like, yeah, cool. I, I don't think it's set in either that, or I just don't feel emotion. I'm not sure which way around it. Well, I know I do, but <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one still because. I don't know, I'm talking about it to guys at work and people that, that know me, that know I support Orient and that. But it's just a, a very matter-of-fact situation for me. Support. And I, and I don't know why. It's still processing. Maybe I need, yeah, maybe I need to go and see yeah. someone. So after huge celebrations, but pretty much all over social media, as we've said, there's amazing videos and there's amazing photos. Most fans got on the pitch if they wanted to, but it's yeah. time to get off the pitch as the O's came back out to a funders reception to receive the trophy. So at this point, we went back into the South Stand to see all our South Stand chums. And it became evident that you didn't, in fact, need to be off the pitch. You could go on the pitch to see the trophy being awarded. Yeah. At which point, again, we looked at each other, having just, just got back into our yeah. seats. And went straight back into yeah. Our friend Gray had gone at this point. Unbelievable. Graham Levy, how could you go and miss the trophy being lifted? So we went back. And I was quite surprised, actually, that they let fans be as close. Because when the team came out, we were really close. I was literally almost touching Ross Embleton. I was just behind Danny Webb. Danny Webb was yeah, next to him. And when James Dayton came out, James Dayton almost got taken out because of the force of the crowd. And don't forget, James Dayton is, in, is on crutches. Non-weight-bearing. Can barely walk. I was really amazed the way it was happening. It seemed to, you seemed to be circled in. Yeah, it wasn't very well at all. Stuart as it was all happening. No, it could have all kicked off, but the trophy came out, was given to Joby. And I just remember seeing Joby lift it. Just this huge... Raw. Again. I think I've got that on f- uh, live twi- like Twitter live as well, so that should be on now. Yeah, so if you can, go and have a look. But again, it's something that I'll always remember. And I remember catching Ross's eye, and he caught my eye, and we gave each other a little hug. And Danny Webb came in. Danny Webb shakes hands, he doesn't give you hugs. Yeah, shakes his hand. man, isn't he, Danny Webb? Amazing. So, yeah, great brilliant. Guy. So once the trophy was lifted, it was insights to clear the pitch again as the squad and management team came out for a very well-deserved lap of honour as tears were cried, hugs were exchanged, the smiles were plenty, as We Are The Champions was blared out over Brisbane Road, which I've obviously never heard before, because we've never been alive before it was Road since that's been, or needed to be played. We've never heard it at Brisbane Road. No, and the old classic, rocking all over the world, of course, blared out as the party would continue throughout the night and weekend for O's fans all over the world. And to talking about it, I hope we've done it justice, because obviously I could talk about this for three or four hours, but... There's, no way, there's no way we can because it meant something different to everyone. But yeah. what I'm hoping that this does is by us running through this time timeline of events that people remember where they were and what they were doing at the points in time that we're talking about. So at the full time whistle, yeah. people with their 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 children, with their grandparents, you know, people that have supported us for 60, 70, 80 years, that sort of thing, so that people remember at the full-time whistle where they were, where they were when Salford had scored, when the news filtered through that Hartlepool had gone 3-1 up and Dagenham had equalised against Solihull and um, the full-time whistle went and there was a huge surge onto the pitch. Like People remember what they did, who they were with. It's like when JFK got shot. Yeah, absolutely. If you were around at that point, you knew where you were. Yeah, we'll be telling our grandkids where we were. Yeah, exactly. So that's the sort of thing. We won't do it justice like for ourselves, let alone other people. Yeah. So I think that that's a burden that I don't want. But people will remember where they were and what they were doing. Absolutely. So no matter where you were in the world, if you were in the Bray Group Stadium, if you were watching on BT Sport, if you were watching 
on the international stream or you were doing something else, which you probably weren't, we hope you had the most fantastic time. So at this point, we would normally bring you a post-match Justin Edinburgh, but why bring you a post-match Justin Edinburgh when he talks to the bearded legend himself at the Starman Awards to reflect on the weekend? So here is Justin Edinburgh talking to Paul. Justin, thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thoughts on the last weekend as it's been so far? Well, I'm certainly enjoying it um, now because it's, it's been a difficult week building up to, to the final game because as much as everyone thought that it was it was done and dusted, I think you know there's always an element of, of doubt. Not about the, the group of players. You can, you can control the cans, but you can't possibly control the cans. The referees' decisions elsewhere. And the thing for me I've learned this season is everyone that comes to Orient is a cup final, but they don't seem to turn up against the opposition of other teams. And so you, you, you never know. But, um, you know, the celebrations went on long into the night. They were fully deserved. I think I didn't realise what it meant to the club until that final whistle went on Saturday. Uh, tonight, here again, um, so many smiles, so many people talking about the previous of, of the Football League. And I, I think that, that, that's the thing for me is we talk about the Football League again. And we are, you are now a Football League manager, but it's not the first time you've done this. So how is this different to your previous yeah. at Newport County? Well, I don't say it lightly and I don't underestimate the achievement I've done at Newport because, you know, it was, I was privileged to manage that club. But we went up through the playoffs, which is a fantastic achievement. But to, to actually win and be the only club that can be promoted out of this league automatically is beyond belief so it is the proudest football moment for me in my life that's amazing to hear from your perspective I mean from everyone's perspective it's been quite up and down like you say teams are turning up cup finals other teams are coming out to do typical non-league tactics yeah. on us was there ever a point in the season where you're scratching your head thinking how are we going to get through this next period of fixtures you've got bodies going down you've got people in the, in the injury room was there ever a point where you thought, oh my God, like, we've got this one in the injury room, we've got this game coming up, yeah. we're scratching our head thinking, how are we going to get through this? Away from the group? Yes, of course, but when I'm with the group, I never, I never show them that I don't ever think that every game that we'll win. That, that, that's, that's me, that, that will, that will uh, transpire to my staff, to my players, and hopefully to the fans. Um, there was a period. But there was always going to be periods. I, I, you know, I said that when I first came into this club. If we're going to do it, we'll have to do it together. And we're going to have some bumps in the road. And we had sort of at home. It was a bump. It hurt. But we responded. Absolutely away. We had a bump. You know, we got beat. You know, but, uh, you know, what I always felt that the crowd believed and they stayed with it. You know, there, there was times I thought they were a little bit quiet. But I, I, until the more I become managed, the longer I was managing this football club, I, I learned about the Orient way. I learned about things that are done in an Orient fashion. I learned, I, I learned that. And that's probably where that filtered onto me, taking it into this last week, because I probably felt the Orient way, you know, because although it was near enough fun, we was all, everyone was telling me that, well, we, this could happen, that could happen. But... I, I, I believe in this group of players. They've been incredible. Um, they, 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 they are a special group. You, 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 you come across this every now and again. Um, but I never lost belief. I never lost trust. We never lost trust in one another. And I, and I think whenever 
the question was asked, we found the right answer. And, and that's testament to the group of players. And finally, a message for the Orient fans that have travelled the length and breadth on a Tuesday night at Barrow and in great numbers as well. I'm sure Dave Victor's asked you this question. Well, he has. And I don't think sometimes I can explain it because I've always said that for us to get out of this league, there was greater pressure than any other club. And, and I think, you know, I listened to Mickey Menon a lot last year. When, when people went to Tramier, it was everyone's cup final. They'd been a league one, they'd been a championship side. When, when I used to see teams turn up at Orient, players getting their phones out, referees getting their phones out, taking pictures of the stadium, and, and I'm thinking, well, okay, well, we're into, yeah, 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 really. And I'm thinking, well, okay, well, this is, this is our livelihood. This is, we're trying to get out of this league. This isn't, this isn't a show. This is where we want to be. We're trying to, so it's very difficult. There's a lot of pressure. And with that, then fans bring. They bring a level of expectancy, which is not in any way a negative or a derogative. And it was a it was a positive for us, more away from home, you know, because at home sometimes I think when you don't get all them vocal fans in one place, they don't quite get that same togetherness and atmosphere. And times the the atmosphere at home games could go a little bit nervousness, and we and, and we feel that, but we understand that. And I think going forward now. We've overcome that first hurdle, that obstacle, which a lot of teams, Luton, you know, found difficult for a period of times. Lincoln, Lincoln, yeah. You, you, you know, so we've got to use those as role models and try and emulate them. You know, we can't try and put the expectation too high, but we have to be realistic and say, well, we need to be chasing again next year. Congratulations. Thanks, Thanks for your time. Much. So that was Justin Edinburgh giving me five minutes of his time at the end of the Starman Awards. Uh, on Sunday and I have to say he didn't batter an eyelid when, when I said can I just grab you for two seconds absolutely not a problem nicest guy well done getting that interview because we didn't know we were going to get that one thank you to Justin and Elliot for that, that for happen. allowing us to do that yeah well done good questions first time I've heard it like thanks it. well done so, so go on. Yeah, you can do this one alright league table then so after 46 games we finished top of the league. Hey. Hey. Numero uno, number one. The best spot you can get, as Justin said, as we played 46, 125, drew 14 and lost seven. We accumulated 89 points uh, with a goal difference of plus 39. As we finished three points ahead of second place, Solihull, who finished on 86 points following their one-all draw at Dagenham and Redbridge and four points ahead of Salford, who finished in third after their 3-1 defeat at Hartlepool. So, all the interviews we've played so far take place at the Starman, but on Saturday, after all the celebrations died down, we had the privilege of speaking to O's chairman, Nigel Travis. This was only about an hour, not even an hour, after Orient got promoted. I think we were still on the pitch, weren't we? Yeah. So here is a very euphoric Nigel Travis speaking to us after the Braintree game. So, post-match, Nigel, thanks very much for joining us. Sum up your thoughts and, and how you're feeling at the moment. Well, we've got to clean up this litter. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I'm obviously over the moon. And, uh, you know, as I said to a few people, we've got my son, Ian, here, who... Um, and he didn't speak on the podcast. He spoke on the radio show, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's now spoken on the podcast. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, this was a family thing. It's very important. My mum and dad used to come here, as you know. Uh, I supported the club for 60 odd years and you know when we bought the club two years ago we were determined to do it properly 
and the detail that's gone into everything is amazing and uh, you know to be honest I thought it was going to take three years probably four and to do it in two years is just incredible and we've still got Wembley to come we shouldn't forget that as a tendency to forget that but you know promotion was the priority Uh, obviously very excited the reception afterwards was something I will never never forget it was certainly very similar, not that I was involved, I was one of the people running on the field back in 1962. But, you know, we got our club back, we've made great progress, we got the fans truly engaged, and thank you to you, because, you know, the podcast has helped engage the fans on a very consistent basis. And uh, I always remember running up in, running up in um, uh, Scotland when we were on uh, vacation two years ago, and you were talking about the upcoming season and it was kind of motivational about what we were going to do that first year but no I couldn't be more happy um, I, th- I think the fans sort of deserved this success and uh, I just want everyone to go to Wembley and have a friggin awesome um, celebration which I'm sure we will um, so what else is to say apart from we're going up <laughs> What a way to end that interview. A massive thank you to Nigel <laughs> awesome. for giving us two minutes there because he was a man very much in demand at that point in the day. So you've heard from the manager, you've heard from the chairman. Let's hear from the bearded legend, your views on oh, the game. Oh, me? Okay, yeah. Um, bit of a forgettable game, but really an unforgettable day. Um, I think that's copyright of Andy Gilson, actually. Uh, the game just needed a goal, really, to make it a more memorable game. But all said and done, it was more about the occasion more about getting promoted automatically, and we achieved that. From back to front, to a man, in the in-game management was superb. Braintree tried but didn't have anywhere near enough in them to actually hurt us, and yeah. I thought everybody Great. defended absolutely Great. solidly. It was at an absolutely incredible day when you think back on it. I'm writing my thoughts. It was Tuesday morning, this morning, this morning on the tube, yeah. on the tube to work. Um, over two full days after the event, and I'm still digesting it, Uh, and gathering my thoughts really on the day and I think for me as I've said earlier in the podcast it was a bit of a weird one as I'd fully expected us to go up as champions Um, so for me it was just merely a formality and a mentality I had was just that was the expected outcome Um, so obviously not disappointed completely happy with that and when I hear that we were last champions 50 years ago when someone mentions it um, it really sets in how historical that this point in time yeah. is. That this is a real, real fundamental point. You'll be and telling a turning son, point. You'll be telling Theo about this. The year he was born, we yeah. got promoted. Yeah, I absolutely will. Yeah. yeah. To be able to tell future generations of fans that I was there when we were automatically promoted in 2019, 2019 sorry, is amazing and cannot be removed from the history books. Like it, it is there. Pitch Invasion was a special event too. Very different to the one two years ago. People hugging each other, some having never met or spoken before. And the sheer jubilation and the meaning of the day taking over everyone's emotions was just amazing to watch. And so congratulations to everyone at the club and us as fans on this very memorable occasion. Once an O, always an O. Very nicely done. Thank you, mate. Like a poem. Well, that was once an O, always an O was from the uh, song play. So for me... Absolutely amazing day. I think, like you said, the match isn't one that we will live long in the memory for the playing game within the 19 minutes. But I'd always remember that feeling once the full time whistle went, mm. and just that surge in my heart when it went, and just everyone going off to go into that pitch. I think it wasn't ever really in doubt for right. me. Once yeah. I was nervous, but once Hartlepool had scored and Southampton were down to 10 men, 
it was done, but then you spend the rest of the game trying to process it, and it's like a countdown. And I've never seen celebrations like that before. Obviously, when we beat Wrexham, um, I was eight eight years old, so don't really recollect that too well. Oxford, I wasn't a fan until I was eleven. Yeah, I mean Oxford, I I used to work Saturday, so I didn't go to Oxford back in the day, so I wasn't oh, I there. That. So I can't I can't compare that. But like you said, I saw everyone smiling and hugging on the pitch when the players came out to lift the trophy. You know. It was a moment I'll never forget, and again we were lucky enough to be right in the middle of where that was happening, which was which was insane. Really, a great night ensued. You know, to all my new friends who I met on the pitch or in the stands, or in the pub afterwards, it was a pleasure to meet everyone, and everyone at the club serves the biggest, hugest amount of credit. And obviously, we'll go into more detail at the end of the season podcast, and we can start singing out players and people like that in a future episode when we come to around the season. Yeah. But you know, Nigel, Ken, everyone on the board. Martin, who quite rightly so you called out a bit earlier, deserves a fantastic amount of credit. I think he gets quite a lot in the tweets that are coming up. Justin Edinburgh, who was only five months old and or in last won their league title. Ross Embleton, who I would now call a friend, absolutely. as well as an assistant yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Danny Webb, who gave it in my eyes the stand-up moment of this podcast during the season for me. Coaching staff, players, everyone at the club. Say massive thank you from the bottom of my heart for making very nice. That one I have on. to say that's a really good point you made. I was at Oxford, and I remember being more jubilant because there was a lot more riding on it because results could have gone yeah, against us. So there was a lot more. There was a lot more drama in the balance. Ninety minutes. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot more adrenaline in that game, um, but for me this one, that one for emotion, but this one just for the sheer fact that we've gone up as champions. And I said that to John Mackey uh, at Sunday night as well. And the fact of where we've been. Because of where we've, the journey Absolutely. we've been for the last five years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. This one was a bit more special. Yeah. Although that one was more emotional. Yes, yeah. I'm That's afraid. the difference there. So those were our views in. So before we bring you uh, your views, we also had the opportunity for a quick chat oh, this guy. on the pitch. With this guy. One of our most favourite people uh, in the world. So we caught up with him. This is Errol McKellar shortly after the victory over Braintree. Errol McKellar on the pitch Brisbane Road just got promoted. How proud are you? I am so excited. I just can't put it into words. You know, it's, it, was a, it was a difficult one today. I was nervous for the players, nervous for the fans, just nervous in general really because it's been three years in the making today. You know, and uh, just a great feeling. Everybody's happy. You know, it's a great place to be at the moment. And when that full-time whistle went, oh, what, what was the feeling? Jubilation, absolute jubilation. And you know, when you when that whistle went, it was just the the, the signs to say, you know, we're back. That's what it felt like. We were back. You know, and uh, credit should go to the board, the supporters, the fans. You know, the players, everybody connected with this football club has played a part in this. This result is down to a team effort on and off the pitch. How excited are you now for next season? Obviously, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm so, you know, I cannot wait to get next season going because, you know, this club with the right people on board now, the right support network, and just as a family organisation, we're on the up. And also, it's, this season's not over yet. There's one more match to play, and the O's are going to Wembley. Yeah, well, what a great year we've had. You know, you know, we won the league, and we're going to Wembley, and you know, it's a happy place to be at the moment. You know, and you know, we've had we've had the traumas, right? And now we're having the enjoyment and excitement, and it's just a wonderful place to be. Great feeling, great excitement, jubilation. You know, there's so many words you could describe, but happy. What a great guy! 
What Love a great it. sum up Love um, it in that. So thank you, Errol, for, for sparing us some time there. So you've heard a lot of views. Uh, we've got quite a few views this week, so you'll forgive us because there are a lot of common uh, themes in these tweets, but as it is the occasion that matters more, we are going to read them out uh, generally anyway. So there's quite a lot here, but we start with Nice Shot Steve, who says in very big capital letters, says, I can play Orion in FIFA again. Oh, and all that other good stuff too. FIFA is very important. I can't wait. I haven't to had play a games console for years. Although I found my old N sixty four in the loft the other day. Get it out. James yeah. probably on a football game. If you've uh, got any football games, you might be able to play as Mister Mackey. Yeah, maybe. Uh, underscore football lab says congratulations to the O's on regaining the EFL status. The club has certainly been through the mill in recent years. So great to see the O's fans have something to celebrate. Please for Justin and everyone too. And hope everyone enjoys the day. We certainly did. And thank you for your tweet. Yeah. G4 underscore Shiv said, Just two seasons ago, we stood on the pitch in protest against an owner who had our club in tatters. Now we stood there in celebration. What a turnaround. What a season. And we are going up. I like it. David D. Hanu says, As you know, I became an O in the club's darkest season. Over the moon how things have transitioned. And a kudos to Nigel Kent, Justin, the coaches and the players. We are back where we belong and back on FIFA. FIFA, they've got a lot of tweets about FIFA, we did. actually. We actually did. James O'Hagan went on uh, and included FIFA in his tweet as well, and he said, what a day. Back in the Football League, a trophy in the cabinet for the first time. We might have to get a new one uh, now. Um, for the first time since before I was born, and best of all, back in the FIFA games again. Absolutely. At the Authentic Gaz, says, what an amazing feeling when that full-time whistle blew. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Great to shake the hands and say thank you to Nigel Travis and Kent Teague on the pitch at the end. Yeah, record blew up, said, I love this club, I love our attitude, and I love us being back in the Football League. I love this mentality and this commitment. I love Leighton Orient. Great tweet. At Baggy's House 42 says, The good times are back, thanks to Nigel Kent and a great manager and committed players. I love you all, and I'm going home for a little private cry of joy now. As I'm good saying, for you. Many, many, many other people did. A lot of people are saying on Twitter that this is the best moment in their life, bearing in mind they'd had children and got married, some more than once. So that's quite a thing to say. Paul underscore LT2P said, well, we did it. Despite all the nerves, we won the league by three points. Let's all celebrate and savour the moment. In truth, it's far more than I hoped for this season. We also have a hot date on the 19th of May onwards to Wembley. Great credit to everyone at the club. Yeah, Timothy James, CI2, says respect and admiration for Braintree. They did not make it easy for us. True. Their fans, even though destined for relegation, were good-natured and in good voice, singing, you are going up, we are going down. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I hope they do well yeah. next season. I didn't hear that yeah, Fair play to them. Paolo1986 tweeted in and said, what a fantastic day and season. Everyone has played their part. Time for a few weeks to celebrate and enjoy the Wembley final. Then time to plan for next season. Back to League One by 2022. I like the point about Wembley. And obviously we'll come on to that a bit towards the end. But Wembley now, you can go and enjoy the day. The Correct. season doesn't hinge on a Wembley appearance. Correct. So the last couple of times at Wembley, if we've lost, you've come out with a negative opinion of the season. We can go there now, enjoy it. And obviously we want Orange to win. And we hope they win. But, but if, if they lose... We can still look back and go, what a great season. Yeah. So, good tweet there from Paolo. Dave M1812 says, a bit of an anti-climax today. All the action seemed to be at the other grounds. Just one goal would have raised the roof. Still, these lads have been great all season. Fully deserve to be champions. And on to Wembley 
and the double hashtag champions. South End Bob said the last game of the 92-93 saw me travel to Chester to watch a terrible game of football which saw uh, Leighton Orient drop into League 2. It was awful. After a pretty terrible game of football today against Braintree, we are back in League 2. So happy and proud. Good tweet there, the way it came full circle. Digger H7730466. What a great day. What a contrast to the last pitch invasion. Beyond our expectations at the start of the season, but we are back in the AFL after just two years. Nigel and Ken, legends, rooting for Wrexham to join us. That's now. a good point, actually. We should probably... We should um, perhaps do a tweet invite people who do you want to come up with us into League 2 I yeah think I think be, everyone's I think got different everyone's yeah. got different opinions that. but just yeah. go back to that pitch invasion it, that did, it does feel like it's gone full circle now yeah so the first one two years ago kind of symbolised the end hopefully of that era or yeah. the beginning of the end and this feels like the beginning the end of the first chapter, which I think Ken will talk about a bit later on. But we can't have a pitch invasion every season at the end of the season, but you never know. You never know. Um, Paul Staines, 86, said, With all the celebrating and jubilation, I want to give a special shout-out to James Alabi for taking time to chat to the old boy in the wheelchair whilst everyone was dancing around celebrating. Not sure if you knew him, but sheer class, James. So, obviously, again, we'll come on to the players at the end of the season roundup. but I will say, based on the footage from the dressing room and based on Sunday night James Alabi is a very very popular character in the dressing room so although he might have had the best guy. season he is a very popular and when Justin talks about the squad and the unity he seems like someone who's very good at bringing all that together so although a tough season and that has been criticised at points I think he could be quite an important player within the squad which I don't think I'd be saying. Yeah. Be Scorbin says, what a journey. I'm pretty certain I heard on Dave's commentary that Martin Ling is the only person to have won a title as a player, manager and a director of football. Did I hear that correctly? So just, a, just, just read that again. says, I'm pretty certain on Dave's commentary that Martin Ling is the only person to have won a title as a player, a manager and a director of football. What title did he win as a manager though? This is what I'm thinking. I don't know, Torquay maybe, or Swindon. Okay, yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think it has been said before, so Martin Link, well done. Massive Amazing. kudos. Amazing. Massive kudos. Amazing. As as a player, as a manager, and as a, a title. So not just a promotion, a title. Yeah. Well done, it's Martin incredible, Link. incredible, isn't it? Well done, Martin. Um, John McNabo uh, said, first O's game, August 1970, five relegations, one automatic promotion, one playoff promotion, many, many downs, a few ups, and after 49 years, I finally get to say champions. What a day and what a club. Great tweet there. Adults from one. So sometimes you've got to go through some terrible times, not only to appreciate the good, but to hope for a future brighter than you ever thought was possible. Here's to League Two and a trip to Wembley. Yeah, Rayleigh Day said, professional job and a great day. What an atmosphere. So proud of the club and everyone there. But, and no apologies for saying again, a huge thank you to Nigel and Kent. We're back and the only way is up. Yeah, Alan MCLA1 says, with Justin and his staff, plus Nigel and Kent, next season should be an amazing journey and I can't wait. I know Justin and everyone at our club will want to march on and go for promotion next year too. And that's our target. Paul Skinner, 88, said, terrible match, but it didn't matter. So many people deserve praise for this season. Martin Ling, having managed promotion in all three roles he's had at the club, a highlight Justin Edinburgh has been outstanding. 
good form going into the cup too. Yeah, absolutely. Pierce race team tweeted us. So Leighton Orient have won the league and now go to Wembley in pursuit of the double. It's like some crazy dream. Just two years after the worst memories I've ever had in football. Nigel, Kent, Justin, thank you for giving us our club back. Yeah, you be we can never thank Nigel and Kent enough. Yeah. And obviously Justin, but unbelievable. You realise we won the league on with obviously over forty six games, but the last two games like new and your draws. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's ever been done before. At Only One Team said, Sometimes in life, things just fall into place. Yesterday was for everyone. They say the things that don't kill you make you stronger. And boy, have we bounced back from the state we were left in. A day that will live in our hearts forever. South Stand Charm Vince Howard, 73, says, What a day. So humbling to see other clubs and fans congratulate us. Shows how much respect we have in the football community. Now on to Wembley and winning the trophy to really seal such a wonderful season. Vince, I'm glad we got to see you on Saturday. Yes, absolutely. At I Heart Rushmore said, what a day and what a season. It wasn't a classic game, but it didn't need to be. The scenes were unbelievable, and this is only the beginning for this group if we keep them together. Absolutely, great point. Leighton Orange's celebrations will live longer in the memory than the football, but it was good to go up by getting the result we needed rather than our rivals' failings. Game not helped by the plus three wind, and the longer it stayed goalless, the more cautious we became Bottom line, job done. Yeah, final few tweets here. Matty LOFC Evans said, "Boring game, but at the moment Hartlepool, but at the moment Hartlepool went three one up. I knew that we had it in the bag. Awesome scenes and special to share the day with my wife and two sons on the pitch. Now our attention must focus to the date at Wembley. Can't take our foot off the gas. We want the double. I like seeing this week. It's about people spending." with their children yes. and their wife or their mums and dads amazing this is an amazing tweet 67 Sammy she says not the best game I've ever watched but on the other hand the best game I've watched very clever well done very Sammy very clever yeah Kevin Cowland said occasion more important than the game which we managed well Justin Edinburgh set us up not to lose a great day I'll never forget the best team won the title and you can throw a load of money at something like Salford but they can't buy heart togetherness or team spirit I believed from day one we'd win the league. Kev, you certainly did in your tweets. Prove it. So well done, Mr. Cowlin. The Orient Fan TV says the performance really didn't matter. The main thing was to get the minimum of one point and go up. It was so emotional after the final whistle to see all the team, owners, management and fans celebrating on the pitch. The bad times are now a distant memory. And now for the double. And the final ever word of us in the National League for a National <laughs> League game goes to at El Cowado, who said, what an amazing day. I'm physically, mentally and emotionally drained, but wouldn't change any of it for the world. What a fantastic tweet to end the day on. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out. And let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. So time to predict the league update. So let's go. So only two correct predictions for the Braintree game. as Strawberry, Hate E and Annan Gollidge were the only ones out of about 150 predictions to predict 0-0. So they got three points. So it means the prediction league table is very tight with only the FA Trophy final left to play. So 39 points. Leon Oreste and Pils de Doman joint top. So either Leon or Pils de Doman is going to win that. 31 points. Ian Mane, Rene and John and Matty, LOFC Evans in the Champions League places. And 29 points in the Europa League. Mark Shepard underscore... 79 and thanks for all of your predictions this year the prediction league has gone from strength to strength yeah. so amazing work there to everyone so that is Braintree and our promotion rounded up um, 
We now come on to Sunday the 28th of April. Josh Coulson was named in the non-league papers team of the day and Justin Edinburgh was named as top boss. So well done, Josh. Yeah, well done. And to Justin. So in the evening, we put on our glad rags, went off to the Leighton Orient Gala Dinner, as it is now known as the Prince oh, Regent Hotel. It oh. is a my friend, which is now a joint effort by the club and the fantastic supporters club. So lots of awards. Normally at these things, we like to let our hair down and don't do any interviews. Normally driven by Mr. Levy, who wants to have a good time. However, at this one, Mr. Levy was I just all on. over it and wanted to get on one, yeah. as many as possible. So we've got some fantastic interviews coming up. So the winners of the awards were as follows. So the first award of the evening was the supporters club away player of the year. And that was won by Marvin Ekpeteta. We're very lucky to grab him for a couple of minutes after he won his award. So this is Big Marv. And I have to say, he's the nicest guy. Marv, thanks very much for joining us. Off the back of an award tonight, but just give us your thoughts on your season so far, um, or how it's been. Yeah, it's been a great season. It's more than, way more than I expected. So, I still can't believe all that's happened. Me, where I played, playing for England C as well, and winning the league. So, it's been great. And playing at Wembley as well. And we expect to team real 24 clean sheets, and you've been a major part of that. That must be a great, as you said. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. That's, that's the most clean sheets I've ever kept in a season. And I think we beat the rec- we matched the records for the most clean sheets in a, in a season in all comps. So I'm honoured to be part of that. When you signed for the club, you signed with a view to eventually breaking into the first team. Did you think this would happen so quickly for you? Oh, no, definitely. I didn't think that. I thought I'd play, in, I'd be in and out a few games for my first season, my first full season, and maybe kick on next season. But because I've, I've, I've come in and I've done well, so I think I've done all right to keep my shirt. And it's not just in defence. You've scored some pretty yeah, vital yeah, goals yeah. up front. Braintree, Wrexham. Yeah. You've been up front. Just yeah. banging them in. Yeah. yeah, I've chipped in with a few like, important goals as well. So I'm happy to help the team. I'm happy to do my job for the team. So now all attention turns to Wembley. Yeah. How's the feeling about Wembley now? Everyone's looking forward to it. We're still trying to soak up winning the league for now. And then we're concentrating on Wembley close to the time. But everyone's ready for it. So you've got a week off now, I understand. And then two weeks back in for some hard training? Yeah, yeah. So we've got a week off to, like, to relax back with our families and have some time off. And then two weeks back in to train for Wembley. And obviously next season you're now a League 2 central defender. <laughs> How does that sound? Yeah, it sounds great. I didn't think I would hear that. So it's great. And, and push on? Yeah, definitely. I think we can go, we can, kick, we can kick on again. We've got good enough players to do so and good enough fans. Good, it's, a, it's a great club, so I think we can do it. Are you, are you surprised by the, you know, you knew that signing for Leighton Orient was a, bit, was a big step up, but actually to see 8,240-odd fans in the stadium yesterday, that must be the biggest crowd you've played in front of. But actually, generally, the support home and away all season, have you experienced anything like that before? No, I haven't at all. Like, I didn't, like, like you said, when I signed, I didn't think, I knew Orient was a massive club, but I didn't think that we'd get that many fans every game. So the average, I think, is about 5,000 a game, and I'm used to playing in front of a couple hundred, so it's been, it's been great. Does that add any nerves for you? Uh, not really, because sort of, the fans are good and they're always supporting us, pushing us. So I think that gives me more, and I play well, so it gives me more of an encouragement to do well. Marvin, thank you. You're a League Two player with Leighton Orient. Thank you for your time. So that was Marvin Ekpeteta who picked up the supporters club away player year. And I've got to say, beginning of the season, Marvin Ekpeteta wasn't an automatic choice. It was no. Josh Coulson and George Alakobi. And Marvin yeah. came in early in the season. Again, we'll talk about that in a later podcast. And has made that shirt his own. Played for England C. And seems like generally a really nice kid. We saw him leaving uh, 
the ground on Saturday with his family and they all looked so oh, proud of so him. So proud, yeah. So Marvin Epiteta, well done. So the next award was the Supporters Club Star Man and that went to Leighton Orient Captain Joby McEnough and it gives me great pleasure, I believe, making his Leighton Orient Outlook podcast, podcast debut, debut yep. which is outrageous. And it isn't from the lack of trying, I will <laughs> have you all know. Yeah, we can attest to that. So here <clears throat> is our captain, who's our fantastic season. This is Joby McEnough. Well, Joby, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Appreciate that. Um, one hell of a season. Yeah, fantastic. I think, uh, you know, going into it, we certainly had, um, you know, ambitions of getting promoted. Uh, we certainly, in the squad, set ourselves a target of, you know, minimum playoffs. Um, knowing that if we'd obviously do as well as we wanted to, we'd have a shot at obviously going straight up. Um, but, you know, once we got into that position where it, it felt like it could be a reality, um, you know, the application of all the boys and um, the commitment from everyone's been fantastic and just been a great to be a part of it. It's been a nervy, edgy kind of season. You know, there's not been any real moment to relax and enjoy it as such because it's been so close the whole way through. Um, but I think that's probably made it that extra bit special, you know, finally getting over the line on the last day of the season at home. Um, in front of 8,000 It's how you would have well. wanted it to happen, I think. I think. So, um, yeah, from my point of view, just fantastic, yeah. We had a blip earlier this year. Um, was there a point, a point where you thought, actually, maybe we won't go up as champions? No, you're not a very at positive all. Person, yeah, not so. at all. Listen, it's for me, and I've tried to say it all season long, it's about perspective, you know. As long as we were in with a shout, which we always were, even through our blip, we're still in a great position, you know, we're not going to win every game, no one is really, apart from probably Liverpool, Man City, that's crazy in the Premier League at the moment, but, you know, you're going to get those little dips and it's about how you come through them and, um, you know, we had some real key injuries to key players at the time, you know, not just one or two, it was three, four or five, um, and the lads have come in and done a great job in just keeping things ticking over, you know, we didn't lose a lot of games, you know, we probably drew a couple that we'd like to have won, but as I say, it kept us ticking over and... Um, you know, we were always confident that we could put a run together you know, that would get us over the line and thankfully that's what we've been able to do at the end of the season. Fantastic. And a final message for the fans for this season? Just been outstanding, not just for this year, man. Last year, you know, for me personally, coming back um, from an environment that was quite negative, obviously, and probably rightly so in terms of all the stuff that had happened the previous three years, but there was no sense of that from the moment I walked back in, you know, from a team that had been relegated out of the league for the first time ever. It's completely opposite, you know, and I think that's really helped the players and has carried on this year. And I think we've obviously fed off them. Um, I'd like to think they've obviously fed off us at times. And for me, that's the big thing. That it's a real team effort. You know, everyone's in it together, and they've been phenomenal. And I think, you know, yesterday was really for them. You know, getting to celebrate with us on the pitch. You know, they've made some real tough away trips. You know, and you know they've been there in their numbers. You know, all the way from home and figures at home are staggering, you know, for a, a fifth-tier um, club, you know, as we were this year, to sort of average, you know, what we have done has been incredible and um, just lovely to top it off yesterday with, you know, eight-odd thousand in the ground and, and getting over that. Congratulations and thank you very much. Pleasure. Indeed. Thank you very much. So we finally got Joby McEnough hey, on the podcast. Well done. So thank you very much again, Joby, for uh, for coming on. So you went to the toilet and I thought, Paul's taking a while, what's going on? And then you came back and you were like, I just interviewed Joby McEnough. Yep. I was like, well played, the bearded legend. Yep. So when we announced these awards on Twitter, we were getting quite a few tweets coming to us. We got one from Trousers Techno after Joby had been named as a starman, which said, not only is Joby a truly great player who has performed at the top levels, but he's also humble and a true gentleman too, and deserves every accolade he receives. He represents the club so well and encourages the right attitudes in all the youth too, 
An absolute gem. Great spot tweet. on tweet. Spot on tweet. Great tweet. Absolutely spot on. Leighton Orient Staff Member of the Year was awarded by uh, CEO Danny Macklin, and that went to heads ground, head groundsman Colin James, who's very, very well deserved. I mean, that could have gone to any one of a number of people, but Absolutely. Colin has done an absolutely tre- tremendous job with the pitch. Considering that was the last game of the season on Saturday, that pitch looked really looked good. Top, top notch. It looked really good, yeah. Had a good cat chat with Colin there's a lot of work that goes in goes into that and he, he's really close with the players so always getting feedback with the players in terms of how much should the pitch be what do you want how long should the grass be there's actually a lot more to it oh, and really? you just realise yeah it's real there's a real kind of meaning behind it it isn't just a case of going on the pitch you know oh, I think I'll do this there's real like communication between him and all the players find out what they want what kind of what is the perfect what they want yeah. there. really oh, wow. interesting That's, I never knew that yeah so well done there <clears throat> to Colin so after that award it was time <clears throat> for the Leighton Orient Trust Community Player of the Year which we announced earlier through the Trust's update absolutely that was presented by an emotional Howard Gould and went very deservingly spoke well Howard yeah very spoke well really well I thought that speech that he gave was very very appropriate always does yeah always does and he awarded the award to, as you know, Mr. Charlie Lee. And Dulcet Dave tweeted saying, the spirit of this squad has been exceptional and Charlie Lee has played a big part in this forging this. When you see Charlie with other players before a match or around the ground, they're always smiling. So many promotions in his career and this will be a special yeah, one. So well done there to Charlie yeah. Lee. I think that was his fifth promotion, I think was he it tweeted. Really? So well done to Charlie That's amazing. Lee. Well done, Charlie. Absolutely. That was we all love Charlie. Done. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> The late night youth player was the next award up, and this was presented by Ross Wilding, I believe. And this one went to Bradley McLenahan. Uh, the club tweeted, he is the standout player from the under-18s team, part of our academy, which will remain a key asset for the club. We completely forgot to mention it. Yeah. That's something we forgot, but obviously, because of the club's promotion, the youth academy stays as it is. And that, yeah. again, cannot be underestimated at all. A massive, massive perk of getting promoted. Yeah, Leighton Orient Young Player of the Year. That award went to young Dan Happy. So, well done to Dan. Again, Dan Happy, someone at the beginning of the season who we weren't even talking about. That was George and George Ellicobi occupied that left side. Like we back said back it, it was George it? and Josh, but we're also saying if one of those was to get injured, it would be Marvin's. Bearing in mind, Marvin had a really strong end to the last campaign. Yeah. So, considering Happy has come in, he's been absolutely phenomenal, has a very big future. He's one player of the month, I believe. If I remember three, right, times three times, times in a row. On the Wasn't it for January, February, March? I think so. Yeah. So, Dan yeah. Happy, well done on an incredible, incredible season. So, this was followed up uh, by the Leighton Orient Saver this season. So, no surprises who gets this award considering we only played one key game. Exactly. This is what I couldn't understand. <laughs> like, unless you're going to give it to Josh Coulson for his clearance the other day uh, against, was it Solihull? Where he sort of lurched forward and oh, sort of Harry, it. Yeah. Unless, yeah, yeah. Oh, was it Harry? Unless you're going to give it to him for that, like it's always ever going to be. But I guess it's like, what's the best save that Absolutely. Dean's done? Absolutely. I mean, it could have been one of the many, but I, did, I didn't vote Everyone in called these, it, yeah. But this was the save <coughs> against Aldershot. And Dean actually won two awards. He also took home the captain's player of the year, which Joby McEnough presented. So, yeah, again, did. very fortunate on this evening to be able to catch up with a number of players. And here is Dean Brill. Dean, thanks for joining us. Off the back of two awards, Save of the Season at Aldershot yeah. and Captain's, Captain's Player, player of, the of the Year. How yeah. does that feel? Uh, I'm honoured, especially coming from someone like Joby, who uh, as a team and as a squad and as a club I know we all respect. Um, it's, a, it's a massive achievement for myself, massive honour. Um, 
one I wasn't expecting, uh, but to receive praise from anyone, especially someone so close to me that I value so highly, is magnificent. Save the season. We've all seen it against all the shot, but yeah. what, was your, what was your view on it? Obviously, talk us through that save. Yeah, I, 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 um, I think it was a, it was a, it was a good save. I, I enjoyed the save. It was, it was one for the highlight reel that all goalkeepers like to, to have on their, their CV, but more so the fact of the moment. It was, it was a big moment. Um, 2-1 away from home. We were going for a bit of a period where seeing out games was getting tougher. I don't know whether it was the time of year or, or what, or a bit of nerves, or I'm not sure, but we were struggling to see them out and, and to make the save, to give it 2-1, uh, was a valuable three points because it was a big week for us that week. So obviously... Saturday with your 24th clean sheet in the season yeah. equaled a record in a Wembley do you have the chance to yeah. break the record what a place to do it huh yeah. I mean to, to any record's great and I can't take sort of responsibility of course from Macker up the front to whoever's played at the back it's through midfield it's, it's a team effort and I think tonight has showed uh, with the awards being spread about it's, it's been such a team effort um, so them 24 clean sheets the record is us as a team my name will probably go on the, uh, the record but it is us as a team um, and to break the record at Wembley would be fantastic When Joby um, announced the award he mentioned the fact that you joined us and you were going to be wearing the black kit which is the management team how's that been adjustment from going from man from part of the management team coaching the keepers to actually playing and, and as they said keeping the 24 clean sheets it's quite an adjustment yeah you know what I remember the, the moment it, there was a running joke between me and the staff obviously Ross uh, is a very good friend of mine I was training and playing still in the black kit and there was become a moment I said to Aid, it must have been about three or four weeks into me playing, I said, Aid, you're going to have to get me the red kit now. I'm going to have to be one of the players now. I can't keep wearing the black kit because I look a plonker training in a black kit, you know? Um, but as, as opposed to as an adjustment, I've said this before, I was a coach for six months. I've been a player for 17 years. So the playing side of it wasn't a massive adjustment. It was a nice surprise but it was something that I've been used to and I, I love doing did you think you'd be playing so soon did you think that would actually happen for you was that your in your mind your destiny was to be a coach I still see my future as a coach that's what I want to do that's where I want to go um, when, when Martin phoned me about the role there was always we've got two great young goalkeepers three including Martin Ginata. Uh, we need someone to come in pass them on some experience and help them out in that manner uh, the club moving forward um, and there was also because of my age that I could still be registered as a player so, so for, in my eyes I hadn't wholly given up the, the fact of playing I never thought I was going to play I genuinely didn't but looking back now I'd never I'd never dropped that I'd never gone no that's, that's me done so it's a strange one really I, I didn't think it would be happening so soon but then I suppose I didn't think it was going to happen so I think all that's left to say is congratulations you're a League 2 goalkeeper and thank you for everything thank you very much so that was Dean Brill giving us some time and sorry again for the noise in the background it's, uh, we did that in the foyer 
of the Prince Regent suite there. So thank you very much, Dean. Great speaker. So that was the first time I think we've properly met Dean Brill. I've got to say, an absolute top man. 100%. Absolutely. Great guy. Top Great man. fun guy. And I think that concludes the interviews from the star man. And we've got to say a massive thank you to Elliot and Courtney for helping us get them On a very yeah. short request. And thanks to all the players uh, and the staff who were interviewed literally with two minutes notice to get them done. Well done to you for sort of now. You were Pleasure. on a rampage that night. I really was. I just felt like just something quick. I just went, right, I'm going to go and speak to this one now. I'm Absolutely. Go but that's the great thing about it is that you probably don't get at many other clubs is that accessibility to the players who are more than happy to speak to you. Even in the bad times, the players were happy to speak to us. Well, I, well, I sat next to Yorkshire Rose um, at the table and he was saying, you know, spilled the bean, two of you interviewed who you didn't like or who was a bit of a yeah, wrong. And I said, you know what? I said, no I, one. I can't recall anyone who we've ever interviewed from the club at any point being an idiot mm, or just no being one. unlikable. I can't at all. None of the legends that we've spoken to. None of the no one. I mean, no one. obviously we had Alessandro on. I mean, he wasn't an unpleasant man. He just was had no idea what he was. He what was he was well doing. He wasn't yeah. like he came round and was rude or horrible. Quite the opposite. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sweating away. Absolutely. But those players at the club now and the management yeah. staff, they're also in the same zone and of the same mentality. It's amazing, and you know that's a massive part of why this club has just won the national league. Exactly. Absolutely. Dulcet Dave with another fantastic tweet said the first and one of the most important decisions Justin made was in his first game in charge at Solihull. Changing Dean from a goalkeeping coach to his number one. Dean's been an ever-present ever since and has fully justified the trust Justin had in his ability. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, fair play to Joby. So when Joby presented that award, he gave a bit of a speech beforehand. And fair play to Joby. He mentioned Sam Sargent. and said, don't underestimate how important Sam Sargent has been in terms of his role at the club. And then the squad, still very young. And he also called out Dal Gorman, who he believes will be a very important player for Leighton Orient Football Club. So maybe one to watch next season. We all know that Craig Clay, when he first joined, Steve Davis and Martin Ling both said he'll be player of the season. Didn't happen for him in his first season. But this season, just look at what's happened. So maybe we await with bated breath at yeah. a season like that for Dal Gorman. Leighton Orient top goal scorer obviously goes without saying was Macaulay Bond, who also took the champagne moment of the season for his penalty against Sutton United. Yeah, that could have been one of many champagne moments. For me, the champagne moment is actually the goal of the season, which was awarded to Josh Caroma ah, against Bromley, ah. just for the atmosphere, just because that was right in front of us, just because of the sun kit, ah. and just because of I the agree. opposition as well. And, and because of what he did to Josh Caroma. Because we were 1-0 right? we down. I don't think it was even about that for me. It's because we were 1-0 down... It was a tough point in the season. It was cold. It was November. Joby just equalised with an amazing free kick. It was one all, And Bromley are the kind of team where we've struggled against. And the way Karoma just got the ball and kept running and kept running. And he twisted. Great and he twisted again. And we were behind again. Oh, oh. And when the ball went in the net, that's probably... I remember that vividly, that celebration. So for me, that's my yeah. champagne moment. Although I agree. the Sutton United moment, again, for many different reasons is a huge moment in the season and a defining one. So that was goal of the season. So well done to Josh Karoma. And again, you know, when we talk about the start of the season, the front two, we all, everyone was saying Alibi, Bond. No one was saying Karoma. And the season, again, Karoma. Yeah, it changes. It's had a fantastic season. So the late night manager's player of the season was up next and Justin got up, said loads of nice words and said he couldn't decide between two players. So he awarded the manager's player of the season to Joe Willowson, Mr. Consistent, <coughs> and also... <coughs> 
to Josh Coulson. So a massive well done to Joe and Josh who have all been deserved. outstanding. Could have been one or two of nine, ten, eleven, twelve, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen players. Nice to see to someone fair. like Joe Wooderson get the plaudits though. That's right. Doesn't score goals, doesn't really assist much. But what he does is he's consistent, he's always giving you good options, yes. always delivers, rarely has a bad game and sometimes those players can go under the radar and Joe hasn't, whereas Josh, you know, always defends well, does big goal on clearances, gets vital goals, he's got his own song about the forehead, whereas Joe doesn't have any of that, he's just always there and always consistent. Well said. Late Orient Player of the Year, runner-up, sorry, the Late Orient Players Player of the Year, sorry, I nearly missed this one. Players Player of the Year went to a rather inebriated Craig Clay. <laughs> yeah, if Craig Clay remembers getting that award, I'll be amazed. He doesn't. He's tweeted that. Oh, absolutely He tweeted sure. a picture of the two yeah, awards saying, I don't remember receiving these, but thank you to everybody. I'm not surprised. So that was last... quite funny, actually, on reflection. I thought at the time, I was like, come on, mate. But actually, on reflection, he, he was like the Leonardo DiCaprio at points in like Wolf of Wall Street. Well, someone made a point saying as well, footballers rarely drink in the season. So yeah. when the season ends, I mean, I don't know how much Craig Clay had. He probably had quite a lot, to be fair to yeah. him. And probably I saw him with shots. Grass. <laughs> fair play to him. But, you know, he's got a week off now. He's just won the league. He's just been awarded Players Player of the Season and about to get another award. Let, let your hair down as long as you don't take it too far, I guess. So the last award of the <coughs> evening was the Player of the year and the runner up for this one was Joby McEnough who would have deserved to win it as with many many other players Agreed. but the Orient player of the year and again fully deserved it been outstanding this season was Craig Clay so a massive well done to Craig Clay we'll be doing our own end of season polls pretty soon um, so please vote on those and we'll see if we get the same results as yeah. what the club did so your views on what was an amazing night that was a brilliant brilliant, clue, night. A brilliant weekend I, when I came home I woke and I thought I was being really really quiet but apparently I wasn't because I woke my wife up and she wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> Half past one in the morning I got in. Hey, it finished at one, in. but that, I mean, there's been one or two videos on social media about the singing and the chanting after the music stopped at one o'clock. That was fantastic. Incredible, incredible night. Totally different to any of the previous ones that we've been to before. Yeah, I mean, they've always been good for the most part. Bear in mind, we had just won the league. It kind of fell perfectly the day after you win the league. Yeah, it's always going to be a top, top night. Exactly, like a great conclusion. Though, exactly, it? and with the players and staff standing on the tables singing, chanting Orient songs, and whoever hadn't ambled off home or off to bed, uh, was still there. It was an absolutely outstanding night. Thanks to Linda Brogan and the supporters club for their hard work in organising the event. As you said earlier, our table was a really lovely table. Same table next year. Absolutely, would be absolutely fine. Yes, yeah, superb night. Superb night. Club could have filled it five times over. It's a time for a, a bigger venue next year 100%. if they could find one. But as we're down the football league, the season always ends on the bank holiday weekend, which means we can go out on a Sunday and have the nice bank holiday Monday after. Yeah, which would probably be better for everyone's yeah constitution. Uh, <laughs> like you mentioned, our table. So thank you to Warren. Thank you to Timmy, thank you Janine, Dennis, Delia, Yorkshire O's, it was fantastic to meet you, Julian Lillington uh, on our table. Yeah, Thanks everyone for Good being table, great company. Man. And to everyone who said hello, lots of people come up and say oi oi and love the podcast, always lovely to meet you. Thanks to Mr. Toes, Toes, is it Alfie? Or Alfie, yeah. Alfie for the tequila. Much appreciated and lovely to meet new O's fans and new listeners of the podcast. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, I think it's Kevin Frake who won one of the raffles, yes. and I got a chat. His mate Paul, I didn't catch Paul's surname, but 
all listeners of the show, never spoken to these guys before, seen them around, but never spoken to them. And that's a great night of Absolutely. just speaking to people that you just don't normally speak Absolutely. to and get, getting to know people. And just what a lovely bunch of people. It was a great conclusion to an amazing, amazing weekend. Absolutely. Amazing weekend. Absolutely. So let's round this up then. We're at the hour and a half mark now. So <laughs> Monday, the 29th of April, and a very, if I've got the day right, a very happy special birthday as a lady we won't reveal the age to longtime <laughs> supporter of the podcast, Teresa. Who always has a smile on her face when we see her. He's always very cheerful, very happy, and we hope you've had a great day. Sorry we couldn't make your uh, drinks on Friday evening. Yeah, so it's back to work for most of us as the perfect oh. weekend came to an end, but yeah. all Warrant support was everywhere. Going into work with a massive smile on their faces, but the club were everywhere in the media, several articles in national papers, Nigel Travis, Kenty. Justin and Joby all on talk sport. Martin Ling ended up on Sky Sports News with his cat. Uh, and the Ross Chad that he took of his cat <laughs> by the trophy, yeah. yeah. And Ross Embleton. Great tweet. And Lottie being interviewed on ITV. So she's around the corner, isn't she? Yeah. So that's an easy. Absolutely. So lots still going on, which brings us on nicely to today. Yeah, Tuesday the 30th of April, the club announced 20,000, 20,886 tickets had been sold. For Wembley. Amazing. For me, I expected that level because of what we'd taken in the playoffs. I think winning the league will get another couple of thousand on it now. I'm My thought is around 24. 25 now, yeah. 25. Yeah. 25. Amazing work. We can't wait to see everyone at Wembley. I think we're out out for this one. This is going to be an all day out. going to yeah, be a session. I'm working on that. <laughs> Wicked. It's like we'll say this time to wrap this up so fantasy football up. oh sorry just on that though on Wembley I saw on some forums there's a guy who works for a brewery I've seen that yeah and his brewery are going to have a beer and I can't remember what the name of it is it's, an, they've named it's only it, in one pub though it's only it's in, in Wembley Weatherspoon Spoons. in Wembley High Road Yeah, they are trying to get it at Hamilton Hall in Liverpool Street and they are trying to get it Somewhere else, is it ba- maybe something in ba- Baker Street, maybe the Weatherspoons at Baker yeah, yeah. Street. Okay. Um, but there is going to be a, 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 a IPA, I think it is. Some more news of that, I guess, as it comes out. I did yeah. see that, I did see that. So, Fantasy Football League, still top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League is Tolo Sangawawa, who is on 2,227 points. He's just six points behind Jack Merritt no, in he's second he's place ahead. ahead. So, very, very close in that one. However, Pod in your pants is not close. I'm 16th now. Yeah. I am surging forward. Paul is 54. You had a great week this week. Out of 195 you players. Did 90, I did 70. Yeah, so you'll be podding in your pants soon. Yeah. I'll let you decide when you want to pod in your pants, but you're definitely doing it. Photos to go up on Twitter yeah. of Mr. Levy in that situation. Absolutely. Dream team then. Uh, we've got a dream team league. I Rockenback is still top of the league with 2,291 points. And Julian Lillington, second place on 2-2-6-2. So only 29 points separate you. Steve, you're in 16th, doing very well with 2,062 points. I'm 32nd with 1,950 points. And that's out of 112 players. I'm all right with that. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all. So positives and negatives of the week. Well, we'll tell you now, there isn't, for the first time, any negatives in an orange. We're not doing it this week. You can't have. And we could have hundreds positives but we're only gonna go with one and that is simply we won the national league in game promotion back 
to the football league. Yeah. He only would have bloody done it. He's only gonna bloody done it. <laughs> so that then moves us on to hero of the week. And for this, again, it would be unfair to single any one individual out. So we've given it to everyone. Players, directors, yeah. fans, everyone who's involved with Leighton Orient Football Club, yeah. basically. Absolutely, absolutely at all points of the season. So at this point we normally say next week's fixtures, but there's only one more fixture left to play as the National League season is over. But you must know that the O's have a meeting with AFC Fold in the FA Trophy Final at Wembley on Sunday, the 19th of May, kickoff at 4.15. So AFC Fold finished fifth in the National League in the end after a 2-0 home defeat to Halifax. I presume they put out a weakened team because of the playoffs coming up. But now they're in the playoffs. Fair play to them as well for congratulation. Yep. congratulating the Most O's. Most did. On Twitter, I think Salford did, and fair play to Salford, Salford for doing yeah. that. I think, and also Burnley did, Barnet did, Colchester did, lots of football clubs. Did, of so, them, yeah. fair play to the clubs who did that. Absolutely. Um, it's also worth mentioning that the ladies are in another cup final, looking to do a cup double as they play in the Capital Cup senior final against Actonians at Hanwell Town on Thursday the 2nd of May. So unfortunately not exactly local but not, not the furthest point yeah, that yeah. it could have been. So we wish Chris and the ladies team the very best of luck and on our next podcast we hope to be giving you some good news about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so end this one. Yeah, we've, we've had uh, Nigel and Kent's closing statements from the end of the awards ceremony. They're quite poignant so we thought um, we managed to record it. Um, so this is Nigel and Kent on uh, on your phone. So yeah. let's, let's put that out. Let's do it. Whether we work in the office, we all want this club to do well. I think a simple message is, two years ago we got our club back. We've got back in the right place in the football league. But I remember about four years ago, I was very unhappy to go down from League 1 to League 2. We've still got a journey ahead of us, and that journey starts in three without getting an audio of Ken Teague yeah. that was never ever going to happen Ken lovely to see you over the weekend and your words ring very yeah. very the true. turnaround is complete so thank you very much indeed for joining us for an extended episode 1881 it's been a national league campaign that's been full of ups and downs mostly ups thankfully terrific goals dramas feelings emotions and memories that will stay in our hearts and minds forever but after a long slog we have made it back to the promised land of the Football League a year sooner than Kent and Nigel thought we would, meaning there's no more 3G pitches hey. for us, no more non league hey. paper, no more BT hey. Sport. 
Actually, that's quite proud now because I don't think we'll be live on TV for a long time. I absolutely agree. I said that to someone in the office today, actually. Uh, As we're now back where we belong as the O's win the National League and our first league title in 49 years under Justin Edinburgh. It's gone after you. No, you go. Yeah, it's been a huge team effort from the board, CEO, staff, office staff, media team, who we have to say a huge thank you to for their support. Justin, Ross, Danny, Keaton Patel, the physio, getting the players back from injuries quicker than expected. Michael and Moa, the fitness guru, possibly one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, The rest of the backroom team, um, who all do their part, but you know, don't get the. Um, accolades that the others do obviously the players and us fans many of who and I can't put myself in this category but have travelled the length and breadth of the country sometimes to good awful places in the middle of the week uh, and getting back at stupid o'clock in the morning yeah so as Ken has just said on the podcast on Sunday night the turnaround is complete and we cannot wait to see where this journey under Nigel Kent Martin Justin and everyone takes us after a really incredible two years. So we'll be back hopefully with episode 182 before the FA Trophy final game with all the information and views that you could ever need. If you're listening on iTunes, now is the time to give the podcast a review. We've just given you an hour and 36 minutes of pure Orient listening pleasure. We've given you interviews galore. We've talked about promotions, so come on, keep the good times rolling. Come on, give us one of those reviews. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded. Yeah, we're also now on Spotify, the world's biggest streaming system, so get listening to us has got even easier. But if you've got an older relative, a friend, a loved one, who you think will enjoy something like uh, what we're producing here, grab their phone or help them download it, tell them about it, pass the pod on to them, we'd be ever so grateful. And also, uh, we've got a really good bag catalogue uh, of interviews, so if you're off on your holidays or you're just a bit bored, why not check them out? Yeah, great point. I think and Mess done a great um, four-part piece on the playoff season a couple they of years did. ago. We've got interviews with all of those guys, extended interviews. So we've got Russell Slade, we've got Kevin Lisby, we've got Dean Cordry, Moses at, at the Badger, we've got Borgia, we've got Vince Lowe, all interviews on the back of that season. So if you like what those guys done, get listening to our back catalogue. Also, why not buy yourself a Promotion Orient Outlook podcast mug only a fiver. Come on, there's not many left. There's only about ten left in the cabinet. Once they are gone, they are gone. They are not coming back. So come on, get the money out. Get yourself a promotion mug, five pound for yourself. So that's it. An hour thirty-seven. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks to everyone who's contributed to this week. And as always, we normally say keep calm, but I think we can say relax. Go crazy. Relax. <laughs> Go crazy. <laughs> Have a great week or two. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. See you at Wembley.